the Public News Service Daily Newscast for January the 15th, 2024. I'm Mike Clifford. Today, the nation honors what would have been the 95th birthday of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. One central Indiana city is holding a food drive to uphold King's message of service. Although federal and state offices and schools are closed, many see the holiday as a day on, not a day off, to honor his legacy. The community of Fishers, Indiana, is doing so with a food drive. Stephanie Perry with the city of Fishers says food bank supplies are usually depleted after the holiday season. So we thought this is such a great way to take the message of Dr. King, spreading kindness, supporting your community, and doing something a little different in a time where there is a huge need in our community. Nonprofit Feeding Indiana's Hungry estimates at least 11% of the state's population, or around 742,000 people, experienced food insecurity between 2020 and 2022. The group says the number of Hoosiers who have to skip meals or eat less is also higher than the national average. I'm Terry D. reporting. Meantime, just under half of likely Iowa GOP caucus goers who support former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley indicated they would make a crossover to the Democratic Party, saying they would rather vote for Biden than former President Trump. A new NBC News Des Moines Register Mediacom poll released just a day before the Iowa caucuses found 43% of Haley backers in the state said they would vote for Biden if Trump is the GOP nominee. 23% said they would vote for the former president. At the same time, 8% said they would vote for the independent candidate, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. The Hill reports overall 71% of likely GOP caucus goers say they would vote for Trump in 2024. Only 11% said they would vote for Biden. It is no secret the majority of state and local tax systems favor the wealthy, but New Mexico is making progress in turning that around. The latest edition of Who Pays, a report by the Institute on Taxation and Economic Policy, continues to show that education, public health and safety, roads and bridges are mostly funded by regressive taxes that affect middle and low income families more than wealthy families. That's because those with the lowest incomes nonetheless put the largest share of their paycheck toward taxes. Bill Jordan with New Mexico Voices for Children says the state is slowly inching toward greater tax justice. We had a very regressive tax system a few years ago, and now we have the ninth most fair, most progressive tax system in the nation. I'm Roz Brown. Fourteen states, including New Mexico, provide child tax credits to reduce poverty and invest in children. This is Public News Service. Now we head to the state of Maine, where children of color are doing okay compared to their peers nationwide, But gaps in child well-being persist, according to a new report. Maine children are less likely to live in neighborhoods with concentrated poverty, but black children are more likely to live in lower-income households, and American Indian or Alaska Native students are less likely to graduate high school on time. Helen Heminger with Maine Children's Alliance says to achieve equity, all children need opportunity. To have the supports that they need in the families that they're living in so they can achieve their full potential, and that has benefits not only for those children and families, but also for all of us who live in Maine. Heminger says expansion of the state's earned income tax credit to all tax filers, regardless of immigration status, is one example of a targeted strategy that's helped improve the lives of Maine children. I'm Katherine Carley reporting. 
The Casey Foundation says expanded federal tax credits during the pandemic lifted 800,000 black kids and more than 1 million Latino children out of poverty. Meantime, the California Public Utilities Commission just rejected Southern California Edison's plan to help families trade in their gas appliances for electric. The CPUC argued that the $200 million four-year plan would have raised rates too much in the short term. But Nihal Srinath with the Sierra Club says the rebates would have taken between 25 to 75 percent off the cost of an electric heat pump or heat pump water heater. That's not taking into account the fact that these electric appliances tend to be three to four times more efficient than gas appliances. And so customers would see almost immediate positive rate impacts on their bills. I'm Suzanne Potter. People can still take advantage of other electrification rebate and incentive programs. Check the website rewiringamerica.org. Finally, returning to the theme of this day, Daniel Smith lets us know in observance of MLK Day, there's a call to action to address the persistent wage disparity between black women and their counterparts here in the U.S. Black women were paid on average 64% of what white men were paid in 2021, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Economic injustice is a pressing issue, particularly in states like Mississippi, where the minimum wage is still $7.25 an hour. Professional caterer Lillian Travis says she thanks Dr. King for his insights and fight for fair living wages, but emphasizes the fight for economic justice is far from over. My background is restaurant, and I know for a fact that we are at the bottom of the totem pole. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported. Here's on interesting radio stations on your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.